So I transferred to Pepperdine and that is where I ended up kind of like finishing my career in a sense because that turned to activism and fighting for the LGBTQ community and civil rights and Title IX. The Joe Vore Podcast is a brand new sponsor and it is Dating Assassins. Have a first date coming up and have no idea what you're going to talk about? Well, Dating Assassins has you covered. With over 100 cards and 100 questions, you'll never have a boring date ever again. You'll make things funny, interesting, and even a little bit spicy. So get yours today, linked in the description below. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, Way She Goes Podcast Network. We are here with very special guest, former college basketball player, Hooper. She's a baller and now influencer. Haley Videkis, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Joe. Very excited to be here. Of course. Love about the gear in the background. Oh, likewise. <laughs> we got it going on. We got the ivy. We got the brick. I mean, we might as well put them together. We're Wrigley Field. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So um, I kind of wanted to start with this. You were recently just down at Miami Swim Week. So I've never been to an event like this. Like, talk about your experience What's it like? What do you do? Uh, you know, do you network? Who do you see there? Um, did, were you looking forward to seeing any particular designers in action, any particular models, any people that you knew that were there? Just kind of give me the whole rundown of uh, your experience of what that event is, is, is like down there. Yeah, so Miami Swim Week was one that I'm always going to remember. It's so beautiful because you have all of these different brands coming together, different influencers, celebrities, and you have a chance not only to network, but really engage with the locals of the community. I know there were designers that came from all over the place at the first Vogue event. We had quite a few, and I had the chance to really sit down and talk to the designers who created the pieces and see how we can potentially collaborate in the future, which is good because nowadays on social media, there are so many brands. It's really authentic to have that, you know, engagement in person. So we had a lot of fun. It was the first time meeting Craig and working with CK talent and um, everyone there was amazing. It was a great family tight knit experience and um, I want to go again. I was really excited to go to, I think it's Parisio, the 10th, where most of the runway shows happen and Baina Forum, um, Art Hearts Gallery put together an amazing exhibit for one of the shows and just created an experience that was full of art and culture and actual artists who were live there too. I had a great time. That's amazing. And I mean, Miami is never a bad time. So that that's also a nice plus. Yeah. Yeah. No, the people there are so amazing. I love the Miami energy. And even though the heat is insane when it comes to, you know, maintenance and your hair, it felt so good to be out there. So I wouldn't mind going back to Miami sometimes too. I love it. I love it. That's, that's awesome. I, I kind of want to talk about now, as I mentioned at the top here, you're, you, you played college basketball. You start yes. or at one, I don't know. Did you start there? And I, at one point you were at my alma mater, Arizona state, and then you end up yeah. at, at Pepperdine. So, you know, what was kind of your, your process kind of going from, you know, high school getting recruited? How did you end up playing college basketball um, and kind of talk about, you know, what was your game? Like, who did you look up to growing up? Who would you kind of compare your, your game to, you know, like what, you know, why was kind of your why and your love for, uh, for basketball, 
you know, obviously outside of your talent, you know, why did you decide to, to continue on your playing career past, past high school? Yeah. I mean, I would say the OGs of women's basketball when I was growing up, my teammates and AAU girls and I always looked up to uh, Maya Moore, Candace Parker, Lisa, Lisa Leslie, Leslie, you know, and oh, yeah. they were just, they're super inspiring and such strong women, both on the court and off. And it, it's been pretty amazing to watch their journeys now, even after I've, my career has ended um, and the amazing things that they are still doing. But um, I always loved playing sports and being engaged in basketball was something that got me out of my small town and around teammates. I got to travel all over the country from a young age and just go to these tournaments and see college coaches from everywhere presented these opportunities of being able to travel and go to college on bull ride scholarships if you worked hard and kept good grades up. So my dad had always told me, keep your grades up. Because if you do, you know, you can get into maybe an Ivy League school and you don't need basketball. But I ended up getting accepted to Yale and they presented a scholarship. But at the time, and I think even still now, the Ivy Leagues don't uh, provide full rides. Right. So I ended up taking um, the full ride to Arizona State, which is where I played my first year, Go Sun Devils. That's right. Got and um Yes, it that was such an amazing experience because going to the Pac-12, coming from the Midwest, you know, it's not like the Big Ten, but it's equally as big, and the competition was right. crazy. Oh, like you have Stanford, Berkeley, Oregon. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a Oregon lot of really good girls programs for sure. Yeah, and it it really challenged me physically because when I got there, I was going to be moving into the post position when I came as a shooting guard. So I had to, you know, put on extra muscle and make sure I was strong enough to hold my own in the paint. And it was a challenge, but it taught me so much about the game. I was coached by an amazing Hall of Fame coach and just really learned a lot after a year. Um, even though I received like awards for, for doing well my freshman year, I decided to go to a smaller university that would just allow me to focus on academics a little bit more because I felt that was getting lost just with the traveling and the constant all year round playing. Um, and school's been something that's always been important to me. So I transferred to Pepperdine and that is where I ended up kind of like finishing my career in a sense because that turned to activism and fighting for the LGBTQ community and civil rights and title nine and all that good stuff so yeah yeah so when you're at Pepperdine as you mentioned that I want you to kind of dive into that so I believe when we were speaking the other day this was you and a teammate I mean what was there was there a specific issue that you decided to take action or did you just kind of realize maybe there weren't these resources and things like that set up uh, you know, you know, what, what kind of was that? And, and what year was this just so we can see, you know, how, how recent this was and yeah. you know, kind of how things have changed since then. Absolutely. I mean, this is back in 2013, 2014. Wow. So this is before we had same sex marriage and really national established rights for the LGBTQ community and federal protection. So when we were going through this, it was really scary for us. We were young. I think I was 19 years old and I had never been in a relationship with a girl. And then being at a private Christian university where 
they have these policies on homosexuality and talking about it being a sin, you don't know if you're safe. And so for me, I was more out of fear. We were keeping our relationship secret, though like some teammates knew, but everyone at the school was closeted. There were no out administrators, no out coaches, and any students or student athletes were in the closet. So it was kind of a don't ask, don't tell environment there. And it just came to a climax when we, my teammate and I, we started receiving very discriminatory treatment and weren't being able to get cleared to play and um (laughs) my coach had this meeting about lesbianism not being tolerated and just things you'd never hear before that were wrong but we had to be the ones to say you know like this isn't right we need to say something about it do something and unfortunately when you're the first people to do that and take action um you don't always see the reward for what you do because, you know, delayed gratification. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then, you know, kind of take it further. So what'd you got, you guys filed a federal uh, lawsuit and then kind of go into what you talked about to the dynamic between public and private universities with, with some of these policies and things like that. Yeah. I mean, we never wanted to stop playing, but it got to the point where someone had told me I should speak to the president's office or the athletic director. And then I got referred to the Title IX office because they realized that things that were happening that I was telling them weren't appropriate, like requesting our gynecology records and only our records and things that the schools aren't allowed to do, like pry into your personal lives and privacy. So when the Title IX investigation came back inconclusive, we knew that we had to have an attorney step in and oversee things. And that ended up leading us to go to federal court and eventually trial three years later. So we went through several years of very long depositions, intense court procedures. And for us, it was a matter of giving up basketball in order to fight this case because you can't really travel and do those things all at once. It requires a lot of your presence and attention. So for us, that was the end of our career. However, we did set precedent for Title IX. And for those of you who don't know what Title IX is, it is the 1972 amendment that says um, on the basis of sex, any federal institution, as in a university, must provide equality for both men and women, especially in the athletic world. And um, we ended up arguing that, you know, a coach telling a player, a female player, that she can date males but not females is violation of Title IX on the basis of sex. And our judge agreed and said that Title IX is inclusive of inclusive of sexual orientation discrimination. And that actually is the precedent that has led to the federal recognition of LGBTQ protections today. So the EEOC rulings and the Supreme Court rulings that level we've been cited in. And it's, you know, taken many years to get to this point, but we're very grateful to have been a part of that fight and journey because it takes a village, a whole community of people um, going through their unique experiences to stand up and, you know, fight at the legal level. So right now, as you were saying, yeah, we still are struggling in this country for 
LGBTQ protections at universities because there's something called the Title IX exemption. And many universities still have it. Pepperdine had it actually until they withdrew their exemption because of the trial. Right. But it, it allows universities to deny um, LGBTQ students equal rights at the school on the basis of it violating their biblical verses. It's the same um, exemption that's allowed women to not serve in the clergy and allow difference in pay at the administrative level. And also, too, it's the same exemption that once allowed Bob Jones University to not allow interracial dating. So we're kind of trying to like break away from this archaic way of allowing religion to discriminate. Right. And hopefully we get there. A absolutely. Well, it's, you know, you guys have obviously made huge strides and it, and it wouldn't have happened, you know, um, we, you know, wouldn't have gotten that ball rolling if it wasn't for you guys. So that's, wow, that's, that's amazing. And, and, you know, crazy to think that that wasn't too long ago. And I know, um, you know, from the outside looking in, even though it is a private university, you know, at least the way that I feel, you know, you look at even just like a state like California, which you were in, you know, you would have thought that that's just kind of a, a paradise and a safe haven for all those things. You wouldn't think any of those right. things would be issues. Uh, but of course, and in, in your case, you know, um, you know, specifically they, they were. They were absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're right down the street from UCLA and USC and, yeah. you know, those are really liberal places, but right. when it comes to religion in this country, um, you have to be mindful that a lot of these universities, no matter what city they're located in, may have sought an exemption. And there are a few universities in California that have them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, something I never would have thought of. Um, Wow. Well, well, that's amazing. Great, great on great on you guys and, and, and continuing that before we kind of talk about influencing you can lighten the mood, have a little have a little uh, fun here. Let's get into dating yes. assassins, our, our sponsor for the show. So uh, the street continues where I'm not on a first date with any of my guests, but I, I randomly selected three different cards here. And these are great for a first date, but also great, as we've learned yes. for a podcast. So this first one, I like this one. Can you keep a secret? If someone has something, a secret to tell, can they go to you and to be able to entrust in you to keep that secret? <laughs> Throw it away. It's my new thing. I'm trying to make it a thing. <laughs> so, okay, let's be honest. I'm not a good secret keeper. However, if someone comes to me with something that's very serious, and important I can keep a secret you know I'm loyal in that in that sense but I'm I'm not good at like lying <laughs> okay gotcha <laughs> what about if it's not that serious of a secret it's just kind of like a silly like gossip thing like you know your friend I guess I don't know I don't know if this happens anymore maybe this is like if you were younger like in high school or whatever it's just like Oh, you know, you, your one friend told you your other friend had a crush on this guy. And like, you just can't keep it to yourself and you go and tell the guy, like, could you, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not a big gossiper. I, I oh. do not gossip. I will say that about myself. So I probably would keep a secret for sure. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you weren't giving yourself enough credit there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. Let's say, okay. You got, let's say the next question is, where is your next vacation spot? 
Now you can take this away. Ooh. I don't know if you have something planned or if you're planning on planning something, you can take it that way or we can play it ultra fantasy. You have all the time in the world. You can go wherever. What would kind of like your dream vacation spot be? So wherever you want to take it, go. Yes. Well, when I think of vacation, I think of Bora Bora. I oh. haven't been there, but it's just my dream vacation. So I'm aspiring to book that flight. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. If someone tells me I can go anywhere, money, time is not the issue. That's Man. my answer without hesitation. It's dreamy. The water, the, the you're, you're, <laughs> and you're obviously picturing you're staying in one of the, one of the huts on the water, right? Of course. So That's, you can just dive right into the water in the morning time. I'm there. Right in. You got your feet up on the coffee table. A little, there's a little glass uh, floor yes. there and you're looking at the, the marine life underneath. Yeah, Perfect. we're gonna we're gonna get there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Last one, and this is gonna nicely segue us into influencing. And since you're an influencer, you live on social media. You, that's you know part of your job, what you do. Last question: Does social media consume your life? You know, it can. Not going to lie, there are times where it can be full time, you're on it, and you got to be studying because a lot of it's consuming media in yeah. order to be staying up to date. But what's trending, what's working? Of course, yeah. It, and it takes a long time to do that too. But I would say since having Milo and becoming a mom, I have definitely been balanced because just for my own sanity, lack of sleep, I have put in the hours of like taking care of my baby, being away from social media and trying to find a balance in between. So I, I have, I can say it does not consume me right now, but there probably will be moments that it does. Well, shout out Milo for, for helping with the social media. Yes, Milo got a lot of love for him. Awesome. Okay. Well then let's go into to influencing then you know, everyone hears, Oh, I'm an influencer. They are like, they're either like, what's that? They roll their eyes. There is a negative connotation for the most part when it comes to all this social media stuff, but, you know, kind of talk about what you feel like, you know, you are as an influencer, the type of companies that you try to work with and the kind of message, you know, you kind of try to, to put out there. Cause I know you are, very, you know, I don't know exactly what the word is, but there's a certain type of company with certain values and certain certain types of products or whatever it may be that that you like to work with. And you seem pretty stubborn in a good way about that, that you want to stay true to those to those values. So kind of talk about who you are as an influencer and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I love working with companies that go even deeper, like not just diversity and inclusion, but really stand for something and make an effort to make women especially feel lifted and empowered. And they're using products and sourcing ingredients that are safe and organic um, and sustainable too. Right now, that's really important. So just all around highly conscious companies and brands, that's something that's important to me. And like for my content, I noticed early on that um, being an athlete and having this mentality of staying in shape and taking care of my body and eating right and doing that work that a lot of people don't want to put in, it makes a difference to share that journey because 
just one post of, hey, I'm working out, I got through this tough workout, this is the set I did, here's how I ate and fueled up after, like, love yourself, drink more water. These little things really inspire people. And I've connected with a lot of women on these values of just like treating your body as a temple, taking care of your spirit, your spiritual health, your mental health, emotional, all those things are really important. So um, try to really stick to those core components of who I am and try to let that come through my content. I love that because, you know, you know, just being a little bit healthier and seeing people that, uh, you know, aren't so unrealistic, not that, that, you know, it's not bad. Like, if you know, you look great and you have this insane body. I say, you know, go for it. But, but, you know, some people I feel like they're like, oh, well, I'll never get to that or I can never do this crazy workout. Uh, but, but, you know, showing that journey and the kind of the laying brick by brick and seeing how, you know, everyone starts somewhere, everyone has a different starting point and, and you build up to it. It's not going from, yeah. you know, here to this insane Dwayne, the rock Johnson workout, you know, on day yeah. one, um, yeah. and, and how much healthier you can be just by getting outside walking for 15 to 20 minutes. And, you know, just for day one, if you could walk 20 minutes and maybe drink one less soda and two more bottles yeah. of water, that can go such a long way. And if you start doing that consistently, I, I don't think people realize how much that adds up and compounds. You know, you don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to do a three hour workout uh, no. just to be just to be healthier. Um, and, uh, you know, it, th that stuff can go a long way. And, um, you know, the toughest thing about it is there's there's no no shortcuts in any of that. You know, at the mm -hmm. end, of, it's the, the people who get in shape it's super boring. It's a lot of consistency and discipline. There's no magic 100%. this or that. It's, uh, and, and I think that's um, important for, for people like you with a platform to, to show like, hey, sometimes there are bad days or, you know, I didn't want to work out today. I feel that too. I'm not always, you know, super pumped to go to the gym every day, but I do and I feel better after. And I think it's important to share that. Absolutely. You know, I love that you said that because you really don't need a gym membership to get in oh. shape and take care of your body. And I would even argue that like 80 to 90% of getting in shape is what you put into your body and fuel yourself with. When I met Victor, we met during COVID and I had just had to, you know, cancel gym memberships because everything had closed. And we met at this field where he trained. And so I started to see like working out with him. I wasn't going to the gym. All I was using was resistance bands. And in 45 minutes, I could get a tougher workout in than I oh, did yeah. spending three hours at the gym and just like kind of messing around because yeah. it can be distracting there. But I got in the best shape of my life just from drinking a gallon of water a day, um, going vegan and training with him using resistance bands and really short discipline yep. high intensity workouts so you don't need a gym or weights it's honestly it's all up here it's your mentality for sure i mean when COVID hit since everything shut down and you know we are lucky we live in places where you can be outside year round so i understand i i feel for my ohio brethren and sister and that uh you know during the winter i, I get it you don't want to go outside <laughs> but I just got into walking and now that has been a part of my life ever since I started doing it in COVID, just walking 
every single day and just being able to get out in the sun. That's, you know, you know, it's good to get outside, get some fresh air, get a little bit of sun and uh, just walking because I'm not a runner. And I know that, you know, I could go a few days with running, but then I'm like, oh, I'm tired out. I never get tired from walking. I walk all day, all the time. I feel like that's, you know, again, going back to sustainability and being consistent. That's something that you can do every day. You can always find time to walk 15, 20 minutes or, or as much as you want. Yeah, no, walking is really important. And I used to kind of downplay the benefits of it because I, I was a big runner, but when I got pregnant, um, I definitely struggled a lot with doing my old workouts because we got a baby in there and I just, I felt the pressure a lot of him pushing against me. So it was uncomfortable to even yeah. jog by like six months. So there were days where all I could do was just get on the treadmill and do a walk on an incline or go outside yeah. and walk the hills where I live. And that was really effective. It Help my mental getting outside, being in fresh air is so good for you. So yep. just like stay active, move around, even get on the floor, do some push-ups. Yeah. You're gonna see results if you're consistent. No doubt. Low impact and low stress too, which is also, you know, good, especially if you're starting, you know, at a at, at a place where you have some extra poundage on you. And you know, that can be tough on your knees and legs walking. It's going to be way, way, way better than, uh, than, than jogging and running. Okay. We, well, we've talked about, you, you know, you've mentioned being a mom this, this whole time. So we have to talk about this. I know, Oh, it changes you and all these things, but I mean, it's people say it because it's true. I mean, just talk about what it's, I mean, you, you don't know, until you finally are a parent. So like, how does the perspective change? How does your life change? Um, and I know oh you gosh. make a lot of posts on social media. So you, you know, include your, your child in with that. So just, I'm giving you the floor here. Talk about being a mom and parenthood and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, just to be real realistic, your baby really becomes your whole life and world, especially when they're so young, Milo's going to be six months soon. They are so dependent on you and precious and you want to make sure you're keeping them alive, keeping them happy and safe. And so funny, even right now, like you just, you know, mentioned Milo. I just got a picture of him. I don't know if you can see it. He's eating his food. Amazing. (laughs) He's literally like has his little uh, soft food, but I will say it's shaped me in so many ways that really kicks in your responsibility and being maternal to take care of this beautiful life it's um, unconditional it's never going to stop and it's probably the most beautiful gift I've been given because I've grown so much and you I will say a lot of girls struggle and young women struggle with body image and how they see themselves and before I was pregnant, I was in probably the best shape of my life. And then I got pregnant and my body went through some changes. And during that time where you just had to be still and sit and not be stressed out and just be with yourself, I recognized how many insecurities as a woman I was fighting and in the society that we have. And it it has liberated me in a lot of ways to just love myself fully because motherhood can be messy. Um, it's imperfect all of the time. And you just start to have so much more grace and compassion, not just for 
your baby and your partner if you have one, but also yourself. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Haley, this has been a blast. I thank you so much for for taking the time. Now go get your uh now go get the rest of your house put together. <laughs> I will. I'm gonna be on that as soon as I walk through those doors. So thank you for having me. You're amazing okay. and love everything that you do. So Oh, well, thank you. And likewise to, to you. I mean, the stuff you talked about, you hear it all the time, bigger than it's bigger than sports. It's bigger than basketball. You know what, what you and your teammate did there. And, um, you know, like you said, to sacrifice in the moments, there goes your playing career, but you do something bigger and the people that follow you that come after you, uh, you know, have a much hopefully or smoother, smoother path. And, you know, not even have to, to think or worry about those things. So, uh, you know, speaking on behalf of a, a ton of people that, you know, you may never meet or, you know, hear their names, just uh, thank you for that. Oh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. For absolutely. That. Absolutely. Well, Haley Videkis, check her out. Oh, where can everyone find you so they can go check out your stuff? Yes. Yeah, so social media, um, Haley Videkis, uh, follow me on Instagram, shoot me a message. I try to respond to as many people as I can. So um, that's a great place to follow me right now. Amazing. Check out Haley, everyone. Thank you to our sponsor, Dating Assassins. I can't grab the cards. I threw them. I'm trying to make it a thing. We'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you next time.